Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. This week was Outland from 1981, directed by Peter Hyam and written by Peter Hyam, starring Sean Connery as Marshall William T. O'Neill, Peter Boyle as Shepard, Francis Sternhagen as Dr. Lazarus, James Sicking as Montone, and uh, I picked this one out special because this guy has a photo on IMDb. Oh, nice. Rainer Burton as Male Prostitute in Leisure Club. Oh, yeah, there was one guy, wasn't there? I don't know. That, yeah, that club yeah. was full of people doing gyrating. Well, and, no, well, I mean, there was a male-female counterpart inside the light. Inside the cone of the beam. Oh, both of them had that. Yeah, so it was probably just one of those dudes. Well, I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe they were just, like, for sale. <laughs> the people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe there was a sale at night. <laughs> That was so out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And like disjointed <laughs> from the rest of everything. I mean, okay. Oh my God. Do you want to just go into it or do you want to talk about it in scene by scene? All right, let's I mean, just, just go with what we got here. Let's do yeah. this. Is 1981 or 1980? 81. 81. Mm-hmm. 1981. Okay. So, so just as like a foundation to build upon. Alien had already existed, right? Correct. Before this movie existed. Yes. Okay, so Alien existed. Um, 2001. 2001. Existed. Well, yeah, yeah. Blade yeah. Runner Blade existed. Runner. Okay, okay. I think. So, so the, I, the, the idea of some sort of, like, not-so-nice place in space kind of existed already. Blade Runner was 82, actually. Oh. Huh. oh okay. But, yeah. But the idea that, that things... Can could be could not wrong. so good. Yeah, <laughs> he had. Uh, what was that? Wait, wait, wait. Are you? Were you afraid this was an original idea? <laughs> oh no, I'm not trying to say. No, I wasn't afraid. No, no. Come on, what? Afraid? I'm not afraid of Outland. You're not afraid? Of no Outland. No. What was the one we watched on Spencer's list? We watched it when Spencer was guesting on this. Uh, you mean the one we watched with him? Yeah. Silent Running? That existed. Okay, Silent this. Running existed. Yeah. So like semi-space station, spaceship kind mm-hmm. of kind of idea was out there. Okay, yeah. cool. That's cool. what this movie was missing. Pop songs by Joan Baez. It was <laughs> missing some Joan Baez, I agree. <laughs> there wasn't, I mean, other than the club, there was no other music present, right? There was a lot of uh, score. There was a lot okay. of, uh, it was, it's, uh, hmm. I just don't remember. Action movie music. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. action. Oh, okay, okay. And like they during were the chase scene. Up the tension when okay. he was like yeah. waiting during the final showdown and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. But, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. But I, your favorite part was in the club where we've already Dude, mentioned. there were some sick beats yeah. in that club. <clears throat> For 1981, I was impressed. Me too. I was, like, thinking that it sounded like trance music, but it, it was we before trance yeah, existed. So before, I was like... precursor to trance. Whatever. One could this, even say. This so, person was an avant-garde artist that that's made that That's the one thing stuff. they got right about the future. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith, that's the one who was doing the score. He's, he's done a bunch of stuff. All right, Joel, so in the story, what year is it? The year is, I don't know. Did Neither you pay attention? No, I didn't either. <laughs> in the beginning, they gave us all I don't know. That. I don't know. Also, these, like, statistics. Yeah, there is, yeah. like, there is, like, so much, like, set up for this movie. And it's got, like, a little, I don't know if there was, like, a little beep, 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 beep noise when the letters were went out. What was there? Because in my mind, there was a little beep noise. I could be wrong. But. I think it was, like... Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. How do you do that? Uh, you stick your tongue against your teeth when they're like this, and you... That's crazy. <laughs> Maybe it's a trumpet thing. Maybe I learned how to <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If I played the trumpet, I know how to do... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they I found were. it to be very insightful in the beginning, because I was like, oh, cool, this is kind of stuff that we're learning about. I liked the way it opens. It opened, but, the Outland yeah. title card is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like, like It was like, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, I like this movie a lot. Me too. I should say. Right, even though we're making, we're poking fun at it, I did I did like it a lot. Did, it was entertaining. Like, how'd you feel? It was entertaining. Uh, I don't know if I liked it. Mm. I'm thinking about it. I guess there were things I liked about it. Mm -hmm. It didn't, you know, I I was kind of expecting it to be something crazy like Zardoz or something or like. Yeah, that's true. Sean Connery did his best right there. But it was like, no, I'm saying like I was expecting it to be over the top and just Mm. like all kinds of crazy things. And I felt like it was kind of pedestrian. Like it was kind of like settled like it could have been on earth except mm-hmm. for they added a couple spacey things right. to it yeah and like uh it reminded me of just like an action movie with like maybe corrupt like police or something yep like beverly hills cop or something like a fish out of water like this new <laughs> person's there and it's there's totally something Sean going Connery's to- <laughs> Beverly Hills. God. He's not, not as good at the quips. <laughs> he was mostly playing the strong silent type. Yeah, and, and that's why he's not my favorite character in this movie, believe it or not. Oh, no. Believe it or not. I mean, we're already getting to that. We haven't even introduced anything. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Right. okay. I guess we, right. I mean, we you're, talk yes, about- you, you already said your favorite is Dr. Lazarus, right? Well, we that was pre-us recording. All right. It's okay. But the listener can look at the archive of time travel and see oh, that you cool. said that before we start cool. recording, you know, in the yeah. future. Once they just they can just teleport to actual locations the government, and watch government recorded, is documenting us right now. Watch recorded scenes of people recording podcasts. Did so it? that's why I see people in solid jumpsuits occasionally <laughs> in my house us. with Polaroid cameras. Because, you know, that's it's cool it's hip to, you know. No, it's technology. because you live in a very small house that people sneak into. Okay. <laughs> nothing nothing futuristic about that. I'll have to look the Snopes up on that then. So, uh, yeah, we get title card and then, like, statistics. Yeah. Yeah. That don't help you out in any way, really. I, I found it very the very beginning to be sort of insightful, and then the more is it, <laughs> the more that it just kept going, it was like, 
well, okay, I guess I didn't need to know that. (laughs) That's interesting. I think the things you have to know from Uh it is it takes, what, it said like 70 or 60 hours to get from the space station to the mining, yeah, the the whatever mining IO. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I guess, I don't even know. Well, it's just kind of funny because you're like, oh, it's going to end now. And then mm-hmm. it just continues like yeah. another, st- another, st- another statistic, another statistic, Current another population, population 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> current amount of people with red hair. <laughs> now, I would have wanted to see a statistic of how many women were there because mm-hmm. there weren't any women. Yeah. <laughs> this was like, this was like being in a, I don't know, military, like. Battalion where no women were allowed. There was one doctor there when he introduces or when he's getting introduced to everybody. There's a woman who says, Oh, I just wanted to say welcome and we're really glad to have you up here. And then there are definitely two women gyrating with men on top of a bar in that club. Other than that, there's a couple more. There's a couple more. There's that woman who gets all cut. Uh, she starts yeah. to get cut up. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was supposed to be the intense, like, point break scene. Like, mm-hmm. when they break into that house in well, point break. It's good because we see the way that, uh, uh, what's it, what is his character name? O'Neill? We see the way O'Neill yeah. handles the situation and he doesn't, he doesn't mess around. He knocks on the door and he tells that guy, I'm, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm not going to hurt you, but I am going to open this door. You know, you know, Joel, if that, you, if that, you, that was a great rendition of the scene, but mm-hmm. you have to do it in Sean Connery's voice. I can't do it's it, Sean Connery. The only Connery way. <laughs> Sarah? What? We were doing Sean Connery voices the whole way through this movie. Sarah has the best Sean Connery impersonation, no. so I want to hear that. No. <laughs> All right, what? hold on, hold on. Now, I want you to step away from the woman. I'm going to open this door. I don't watch. Is she is not. Is she not <laughs> no, it's, it's good. It's, it's good. You did it, dude. You did it. It's, it's better than I could do. It's, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying so hard to not show his Scottish accent, and it was just there anyway. Like it's, it snuck in. I don't think he was supposed to be an American or anything like that. He was, you know, he's he's just like everybody else nowadays. That they, they have these accents, and nobody goes, "Oh, that guy's not an American," you know, like that. In space, there like is a, no. Uh... It's like it's like Liam Neeson. You know, he he talks like he's trying to hide his accent, but you know he can't. He he can do American to a point, but no American actually talks the way he talks, except for uh, Robert Stack when he's doing unsolved mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. But, you know, O'Neill is a straight up, uh, uh, Sean Connery's character is a sheriff who is there to do his job and is incorruptible to the point where even his own family is like, you take too much on yourself. You know, he's got a wife and he's got, uh, he's got a kid. His wife is English. He's Scottish. And the kid has this terror. Not only is he a bad actor, but he's an American. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I almost feel like you can't criticize a kid for being a bad actor. I feel like you can criticize a movie for casting a kid that might not have been able to express some things. But kids, they're kids. You can't expect them to just know how to act. Mm. And I feel like they base a lot of castings on the way kids look. Right. But, yeah. like... Oh, this kid didn't look like either of them either. <laughs> 
They just oh, found him God. wandering uh, around the lot. Hey, kid, you want to be in a movie? Could have been like some producer's kid, maybe, yeah. or you know, one of one of my least favorite and therefore favorite child acting in, in all of movies is in the movie An Affair to Remember with Cary Grant and uh, oh, what is the name of the woman? Uh, I'm all sexist Never seen now because I can't remember it. Never Anyways, seen it. he's on the. They're on a boat, and the, you know the whole situation is they're on a like a cruise line together for a, you know like a, a week or something like that, and that's why they develop a relationship. But they both got is it like, like his housekeepers? Okay, I'm thinking it's just some woman he doesn't know, but he like there's a little kid who's on the steps that are leading to an upper deck of the uh, ship, and he's like. Gee, you're you're a swell kid, or something like that. You know, the kid, and the kid goes, "You're swell too, kid. Uh, what, Mister?" It's it's just the worst. <laughs> so, kid actors, no bueno, Joel. No, just that kid. That, okay, that kid. And this this kid isn't the worst. Like yeah. I said, it's not the worst actor I've seen. Yeah. I mean, 2001 has that, you know, yeah. has Stanley Kubrick's daughter doing her thing. And that actually is fine from the point of view of that's a real kid acting like that. Yeah. But it doesn't fit into the rest of the movie because everyone else is very reserved and knows what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Anyways, cool. there's no other kids in this movie, so I don't know. <laughs> that was the only kid. The only kid on the whole station. Yeah. Not all of us were put in acting lessons at 10 years old, Joel. Lafu, I'm afraid I've been thinking. What? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't in Beauty and the Beast. I don't know why that happened. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, what's the synopsis? Just give me a quick synopsis here. Uh, give me... Give me Okay. I'm setting the timer right here. All right, all right. Um, dude gets a new job, goes to a new job, job gets pretty rough. This is career opportunities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude goes to a new job. Uh, wife and son pack out of there, like, as quick as they can. Uh, so dude really focuses on his job, and then... It's the fan. Um, <laughs> He's there to clean up that town. That's right. That mining town. That's right. It's proven a point, Joel. But it's proven a point. Yes. A quick synopsis like that could have helped me because for the first like half hour of this movie, I was like, what is going on? What is his job? Even though I knew he was a sheriff, quote unquote. I was like, okay, so he works here. He's stationed here, kind of. And then, like, he has his family, but there's all these other people that are, like, mining and, like, doing different things. And right. I guess I was just trying to figure out where we were, you know, like... Space. Yeah, we're in space, but basically it could have been a movie, like you're saying, like, about, like, a mining town in, like, right. the West. Well, I mean... I thought I'd, I'd uh, said this before we watched the movie, but it's based off of High Noon, that, that Western. I heard you talking about High Noon, but mm. I didn't know that you were You thought I was talking about how that... high. Okay. Yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> no. I heard you talking about High Noon, but I didn't know you were saying 
that this movie was based on High okay. Noon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, I mean, obviously straight straight up Western. And that that is a really good, really good movie. This one is not as good as that movie. It's not, <laughs> that, that movie's like a 9 out yeah. of 10. This movie's, you know, 6.5, 7. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I have to say, as an action movie, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. There were some awesome action scenes in this one. That chase scene in particular was pretty awesome. And the fight in the kitchen? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that, was, that was, like, amazing. Yeah. 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 Explodo. Lots of, lots of exploding heads. Yeah, that was kind of a <laughs> gnarly. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that uh, I didn't expect that in the first scene. Mm-hmm. Like when when because um, like you're getting the scene where like all these miners are just doing their thing, right? They're mining, mm-hmm. and then uh, one of them's like, "Oh, there's spiders crawling all over me, spiders!" And then one the other guy's just like, "Oh, whatever." Yeah, everybody's is like, just "Get back to work." Like, what are you talking about? We're working. <laughs> like nobody seems to care that much until <laughs> get back to work. What do you goes think you're doing? Up bar. <laughs> Like, what is this? An alien? Is it something like I'm? I'm used to that kind of Star Trek stuff, where it's yeah. like an alien possessed me or something, like some weird. They always come up with some creative reason for yeah. things. So I think in my imagination, I was trying to figure out what the problem was, and then it ended up being something really grounded in reality. Who was the Borg? The Borgia. The Borg. Yes, that's what I said, the Borge. They're Italian robots. Borges. Mm-hmm. Borges. <laughs> Borgi. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I got us off track. No, it's, it's very I mean, the, I mean, what it turns out to be is very terrestrial and in kind of relatable. You know, I, I, ha- I wonder if it has to do, well, it seems like more of a 90s thing to have that reaction of, like, oh, drugs are bad and... Like PCP will make you freak out, just like these miners on this planet did. But I don't, you know, that was also the Reagan era stuff like that. I don't know, I don't know my world or my U.S. history well enough to know when Reagan was in office and when Nancy Reagan was starting her "Say No to Drugs" campaign. But it, maybe that was unrelated at all. Oh, the but, Dare Dare program didn't really go into full swing till till like you know we were. We were really into in it. Elementary yeah, we were in elementary school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, early 90s is really, I think, when it really started hitting. That's hitting what I figured. Hard. Yeah. But, I mean, she started, I mean, but to get that going, obviously, the, 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 the idea needed to be planted much earlier. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. I feel like Sean Connery did a really good job of acting in this movie. I'm sorry, who? Sean Connery. Oh, oh, Sean, Sean, say it, say it right. Sean Connery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean Connery did a really good job of acting in this movie uh, in a way that I have not seen him act before. He, you know, he wasn't his, he wasn't his like entrapment, like spy <laughs> character. <laughs> and he wasn't the guy <laughs> in the rock and he wasn't the... What I know, what I know, he the- wasn't very cocky. He was I agree with you. Yeah, playing it cool. I agree with you. He wasn't very cocky at all, I which didn't... is which is a pretty common, you know, thing for Sean Connery to do. Yeah, he wasn't 007. He wasn't. Um, yeah, here's it, a one liner. What I saw a million times. <laughs> he, he wasn't King Arthur <laughs> <laughs> in First Night. 
That's what I'm talking about. I was really surprised in this movie after that one guy started, uh, when he, after he took that drug and like he was starting to like try to cut up that woman. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised in this movie to see Sean Connery grab like a shotgun in yeah. space. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I got a little uneasy yeah. when that happened because I was like, bullets go through things. That's This is my, 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 my thinking yeah. process. Bullets go through things. They can go probably through a spaceship. Yeah, no, and that's a logical thing to feel, as we see later in the movie. Um, yeah, no, that I, I felt uneasy by it, too. I definitely felt really uneasy when that happened, because I was just like, whoa, guys, this is uh, there's going to be some pretty, you know, <laughs> a lot of decompression going on here pretty quick. But uh, um, I guess the, the short-barreled shotgun that they were using... Uh, I guess at close quarters that the way to go. I I mean I I don't know how I feel about saying that, but like uh, because it's still it's a shotgun and it still fires projectiles. So I don't know. My brain's really conflicted when it comes to to uh, uh, projectile weapons in space. I don't know. I yeah, think, yeah. I think that's a perfectly normal way to feel. <laughs> Maybe in the future they figured out compression. Oh wait, no, they didn't. That's because this movie's full of people. Yeah, uh, getting. Hey, murdered because of compression. I am actually really impressed with some of the effects there, though. Like when that miner cut his suit open, mm-hmm. and everyone was like scrambling to try to like tape him shut, and his head just went from like you know normal head to pop. That was yeah, yeah, that was pretty fantastic. Oh, sorry. I'm not gonna lie. Did not expect it. Did <laughs> not expect it at all the first time. No, that was a big high five moment. <laughs> we were just like laughing when we saw that first one because we were like, "What?" <laughs> no. uh, you, if you've seen the movie Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can't help but think about the scenes where he was like uh, out in space or something like that, and his yeah. his thing was doing it. And in those, they're like using full head models, so. It's like his eyes are kind of like bulging, ah, you know, that kind of thing. In this, it was like they literally just got a balloon with the guy's face on yeah. it because everything expanded at it was once, like silly including putty. his eyes. Like, <laughs> and flatten out. And then, oh, man. It's like they put his face on silly putty and stretched yeah, it out. They, they so good. Filled it, filled so it with hamburger or something. Something no, messy. I was thoroughly impressed with that, though. That was pretty good. Was, yeah, that was good. And the, the next person who gets that treatment is a guy who decides to go into an elevator without his suit on down to an unpressurized oh, area. Yeah. And everyone's like, get out of there. Get out of there. You know, who was, uh, was it you that was saying it was like Event Horizon? Yeah. He does this kind of like sadistic, like smile, like, ah, I'm going out here. And he seems <laughs> kind of possessed or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just reminded me of how. You were going to see somebody die. and Oh, like, baby bear. We couldn't save him. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> I feel like I understand so many things now because I've seen Event Horizon. <laughs> uh, how to deal life, with life. Life is, life is so much more, less complex now. Hey, we could write After that book, uh, Philosophy and Event Horizon. Oh, you know, nice. They got all those other whatever and philosophy books. You, you could glean a lot of information from that, mm-hmm. man. The Tao, the Tao of... Make one of your rooms in your house full of spikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Just remember where you're going. You don't need us. They eyes. would sell that in Urban Outfitters in a heartbeat. Totally. Sure. totally. <laughs> yeah. Am I not allowed to say Urban Outfitters? No, it's fine. In fact, they're sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah, this episode is sponsored by Urban Outfitters. I'm wearing a dress I got there. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, perfect. I yeah, am wearing like absolutely nothing so from Urban Outfitters today. Aaron, you heard it Aaron, here. Aaron is completely naked. He's wearing yep. absolutely nothing. Yep, that's right. Because I have no sponsored clothing on. That is correct. <laughs> I'm going to do some jumping Somebody jacks. Somebody sponsor here, us. Aaron needs yeah. some clothes. <laughs> I'm going to go do some jumping jacks in the corner real quick. So I haven't seen High Noon. I'll, I'll admit that, uh, even though I know it's a movie that should be seen. Um, Neither have I. I uh, so does his wife or whomever, like, just leave him? No. Uh, in that movie, he is one day away from getting married to this oh. woman, his fiance. And um, I can't remember if it's his last day that he's actually going to be at that place or not. But the detail is that he either has somebody who's arrested or had previously arrested somebody. And there was a posse coming from Uh someplace else for revenge. Roger that. And he knew that was going to happen. Everybody was telling him, you need to get out of here. You need to run. You know, take your woman and run. And he was like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. But the important thing and the part that kind of, I mean, that happens in this movie. But what also happens is when he goes and tries to find any help, you know, nobody will help him. Now, in High Noon, his fiance does do some helping because she, she nobody else is doing anything. She's stuck she around. She's stuck die. around. Yeah. Even though she she's mad at him, too, for not leaving, like... Like, if you die, we can't be together or something like that. But she's, she does take up arms. And this movie, Dr. Lazarus, comes out of nowhere. I really didn't expect that to happen when that happened. I didn't either. That's why I actually well, you, have a fondness for the character. You probably weren't expecting anybody to help him if that's the way it pans out in High Noon, right? Right. Yeah. I was surprised nobody wanted to help him. His wife comes back after she leaves him. You mentioned that earlier in the synopsis. I found that part when he like finds that tape to actually be pretty real. It was actually a pretty intense scene, um, and uh, it didn't really hit me like like in particular that tape. Mm-hmm. The, the, at least at least you know she's she she starts off kind of explaining about how like you know uh, this just isn't working for her. Yeah, but she's like more importantly, this isn't working for our son who's never seen Earth before. Right. You know, and that's kind of the moment where I was just like, oh, dang, <laughs> like, that's really where it hit home for me. We're like, this kid just, he wants to see Earth. He wants to experience it. You know, well, he doesn't even know. Probably he has no he idea. Wants, but yeah. He has no idea. It's obvious that she loves him. too, oh, yeah. Because she's like, I can't do this face to face because I can't say no to you. you yeah. Know? And, and like later they do actually communicate over the video phone. And she's like, I knew it. If I saw your face, I was just going to feel terrible. I kind of thought that was funny because I wondered if, like, the actress didn't like Sean Connery. Well. And if she was able to, like, act that way without him in the room, but mm-hmm. not, like, directing that kind of attention to him. <laughs> I was like, she did these great readings, oh, like, God. to a video camera. And, like. <laughs> I mean, even if that was the case, they do use they went it to really lunch. Well. They went to yeah. lunch one day and, he, and she was just like, oh, Freaking, I hate that, that guy. That chauvinist Freak. pig. 
<laughs> he said something about slapping me. <laughs> no, I, I actually like... <laughs> if you're going to play my wife, I'm going to have to slap you. <laughs> I liked that dynamic, too, but like I was just kind of laughing to myself, imagining why she wasn't there anymore like as an actress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when he watches that video... And obviously it affects him greatly. Yeah. And that other, the Montone, the guy who seems trustworthy at first, he's like trying to tell him how the, everything works and like, oh yeah, this, uh, you don't want to mess around with Shepard because he, you know, he's in charge of all the minor stuff and like he, he runs this place, but he doesn't actually run this place. And we know we got, we got a peace thing going on. So we let him get away with some stuff. And later he, Shepard, uh, Monton obviously knows that his wife left him because he like brings him food. He's like, you haven't eaten in days. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat, you know, Monton's like, okay, I'm going to go now. He leaves. And then Sean Connery just turns the video back on. Like he's watched it a bunch of times. Yep. And Sean Connery does a really good job at acting like it is upsetting to him by being, by being subtle about it. Yeah. And being reserved. And I haven't really seen him play a character like that, which I, I think was really cool. He did a really good performance as something different than what he usually was. Yeah. I'd like to see him in some other non-James Bond non-action movie roles. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys ever seen The Avengers? I know it's an action movie, but I've seen The Avengers. Just checking. I saw that in the theater. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I kept thinking about every time someone was talking about the Avengers before the yeah. movie The Avengers yeah. came out. The not Marvel Avengers movie. <laughs> you think about Miss Peel and whatever yep. his name is. Like, why is everybody talking about that movie? <laughs> the only thing I can remember from that movie is is him making all those demands. There was like a scene where he made a bunch of demands from a screen or something like that. And he had just this elaborate costume on. That's weird. What? I the only thing I remember is Uma Thurman jumping through a mirror. Right on. And I don't remember the context, but like she was trying to escape and she jumped through a mirror into another room full of mirrors or something oh, okay. like that. It's like it had some cool visual stuff. Yeah. But that's all I can remember. And a guy had an umbrella. Yep. But this movie. <laughs> Ray Fiennes, I think, had an umbrella. Right, Ray Fiennes, whatever his character's name was. Uh, Steed and Peel. Steve? Steed. Steve and Peel. Steed. Steed. Not Steve. Yeah. One of my notes says, things are popping at the mine. Okay. Get that off there. I, I did like a lot of the... Whoever was in charge of set design, I think, did an amazing job. Reminded me of Alien. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, reminded me of Alien. Yeah, me too. I was too. really impressed with the costuming. I was, it just felt like, it felt like Alien. Like, this could have been, like, at one point when there were people just casually having dialogue about the company, mm-hmm. like, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> like, it just had this weird trigger. Like, I just expected to see, like, the big Wayland Corp, like, W somewhere just showing up. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Felt lived in, like, real. There's a lot of stuff that had a lot of grime to it. It didn't look very, like, uh, there, I mean, there were parts that did look like it was very, you know, septic and clean, you know, right. septic. but then there were other parts that were just really grimy. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally grody. Gross out, man. And nothing crazy like, oh, this is the future. Ooh, you know, 
Like the miners are all living in you know close quarters, barracks. It's yeah. like they all live on there for shifts before they go off planet or whatever they're doing. And and it's it, it looked like something I've seen before in like a documentary. I'm sure there were references, but also like when they were outside the ship, when they were like scrolling along like the planet or the the outside, you see just the the ankles and the the way everything looked. It, like the model work, I thought was also really good. Yeah, I thought it was good, but it kind of I thought was a discredit to its space reality, mm-hmm. like. I know Alien looks that way, but it feels like, I don't know, for me, I think I need to see a little bit more going on to understand that it's space. I see. There weren't even really that many suits, really. Right. Space suits. There was, like, like one scene where you kind of see a guy kind of do trying to do, like, a zero-G. Like, at the scene the scene where the, the first minor miner's head popped. Yeah. There was, this, there was like, in the background, a guy kind of doing a little bit of zero-G. Yeah. In the background, <laughs> while everyone else was just, you know, huffing it and working and stuff. The universal yeah. symbol for space zero-G is yeah. when you move your hands back and Yeah, you gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta swing your hands in the air, just like you listeners, just just, just imagine that. Yeah, lots of people in suits, but not necessarily, yeah, doing space things. It could have just been, like, hazardous material. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. hazmat yeah. suit. It looked more like that. That jail cell, though. That jail cell that was, was space. awesome. That was that really was cool. Awesome. <laughs> that was, a, like... How would you handle it? I never even thought about that before. You you literally isolate the person so that they are floating in the middle of a cell in a suit and they can't get out of the suit because they will die. And that's how you hold them. That's like, that is, whoever came up with that, kudos. Yeah, that was a really cool idea. I like that a lot too. I agree. I agree. So in the future, they have small disks. That still function as VHS tapes. When we were talking about the recording, there. oh yeah, he like had a, he had like a little yeah. like a, a diskette, not not a compact disc, but like a, a floppy disc. He put it in, but when he was rewinding, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't sound like that anymore. <laughs> they didn't know what sound they would make. <laughs> Just, the technology is just so advanced, Joel. It just looks like it's taking a step back. You're still rewinding a track. I mean, that's you know, I could I could pick out a few things that were like uh, staples of the time, as opposed to future interpretations like racquetball. Yeah. Hey, when that racquetball hit the wall, what happened, Joel? The wall Hello, glowed. Yeah, that's the future, dude. That was very pong <laughs> or Tron. I guess is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known anyone who played racquetball. I don't. Is that really? My dad played it a little bit in the eighties. Of course, in the eighties, dude. <laughs> okay. I never. I never even see racquetball courts. Yeah. Like I never see a place to play racquetball. Is it a rich person thing or a city thing? I think, I think it's, it's a, a city, city thing. thing. Yeah. Okay. If you can't play tennis, you go to some place that has a racquetball uh, court. Seems. Yeah. <laughs> racquetball is not Joel's moment thing moment in time yeah like it's not Joel's thing it's in When Harry Met Sally it's in Annie Hall it's in this it's in Big yeah, yeah it's in Big it didn't bother me as much I felt like it, it. I mean basically all it was trying to show was that this is a place that, that they could go to have some fun but then they also had some pretty serious dialogue or they're working out their stress yeah they've got exercise on the ra- yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah so 
There weren't any fat cops on here or anything like no, that. No, there weren't actually, no. No fat cops in the future. <laughs> they were all dressed kind of like uh, janitors. Oh, we haven't even talked about the baseball caps yet. Oh my gosh, everyone had a trucker hat. When, when you're not in your spacesuit, <laughs> you immediately put on your trucker cap. Yeah, Peter Boyle had a huge amount of hair sticking out of that baseball cap. <laughs> and I just got to think that it was attached to the baseball cap because I'm pretty sure that man never had hair. I don't. We don't actually see him without the cap. Right. So it's very plausible that there was definitely a wig attachment yeah. to that cap. He had a beard. Yeah. 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 Oh, you think he grew his beard out and combed it over his head? No. Oh. I mean, I haven't seen pictures of him with hair outside of this movie. Oh, okay, okay. But he had a beard in this movie and it looked real. Right. So maybe... So he has the capability of growing hair. Maybe there was a time when he was bald and he had a beard. Right. That we don't know about. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. I think it was in this movie. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think of his character? Shepard. I really liked him as I a like, bad guy. Yeah, he did a good job. He had a passion, and it was for tennis. Or no, no, no. Wait. No, let's try it again. Golf! Yes, golf. Yeah, drugs. Golf! Golf and drugs! <laughs> and, and, and a need to get out of the mining business, man. And this was his big ticket out. The drugs, man. But what? But to, to But man, he loved to play golf. And 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 he loved to make threats while he was playing golf. He just wanted you the status quo. That's right. Wanted the power. Like everything's been going fine. As soon as Sean Connery walks into his office, he's like, "How much?" That's right. He's ready. He knows how it goes. Cops come in here. You pay him off. Business continues. He says he only works. What he says he works for like two to three months, and they clear out as much inventory as they can, and then he moves on to the next place. You know. This is just another stop on the road for him. But he's got that... Was it pink or red? It was red. Yeah. It was red. A delicious red Kool-Aid drug. That's right, man. Mm. Mm. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to present drugs in the future. Delicious red Kool-Aid? It reminded me a little <laughs> bit of uh, Cowboy Bebop. Like the very oh, first yeah, the yeah. very first episode of Cowboy Bebop. Because like, oh, they sprayed it in the eye yeah. or whatever. Yeah, or, keep those what, eyes open. That's what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, they, like, injected it in the arm or whatever. Tomato juice. With some sort of, like, air compressor gun. <laughs> yeah. One of them, their fancy injectors that everybody has. Yep. Doesn't, See, doesn't leave a mark. The, the problem in this uh, place, everybody's going crazy and you think it's, like, space madness or something, is that they're all taking this drug that turns out to be making everybody crazy which could have just been like bath salts or something. Yeah. PCP, <laughs> pretty much salts. Uh, yeah. Speed. Yeah. It was probably all those it things was combined. Like just something like that and yeah. got out of hand. People were losing it and doing crazy things. Um, but they do make you guess for a while what it could be. And then. I'm glad you didn't know anything about the movie because, of like, a, I'd heard of this movie before because it was an episode of Film Sack back when I uh, used to listen to them. So I knew a bunch about it, but uh, they they kind of like hammered on the movie in their episode, and I I liked it a lot. So I liked it a lot too because I had my expectations low. But I like the sets and the acting, and I you know I thought it was it was cool. Some people some people that I've discussed this movie with uh, talk about how the pacing's a bit slow. It is, but 
I mean, if that's the only thing I can criticize, I'm like real. I was really excited about all the sets. Yeah, Sean Connery did an awesome job. You know, and I mean, I was Doctor Lazarus. Doctor Lazarus, you know, stole the show, and uh, I didn't get bored the whole time. I was just like, "What's yeah. going on here?" Yeah, I, I thought the pacing was fine. I was into it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably. I was thinking I would have liked it better if it had been set in a different environment, like on Earth, in real life, like Underwater. in real time. But now I'm wondering if I would have been paying as much attention if it had been set like that. Yeah, who knows? Because with it being in space, I kind of was in more suspense wondering what was going to happen. That's true, yeah. And there were always things to look at besides, you know, the dialogue that was going on. It's like those sets were amazing. The dance club, you could walk, look at all the people just hanging out in the background. And of course, for some reason, live sex shows, I don't, you know, that seems really gross. Like, <laughs> it's a mining facility. <laughs> I don't know. He makes some crack about how his, his hookers are clean or something. Mm hmm. <laughs> Hookers are clean. Some of them are even pretty. It's a good... It's, Profits are up. It speaks well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You're dead, Sean Connery. But Sean Connery's onto it. He knows something's going on because he just got here and two people died within the two things. And everyone's like, oh, it's just space madness, but... They never do autopsies and the bodies are kind of rushed out. We actually go see him, like, looking for the... The latest dead person, and he for, he's, like, ready to be shipped off already. You know, he has to go find the body, and then he uses his uh, vast medical knowledge to stick a syringe in there and pull out some... Yeah, that, that scene was... Uh, that was a scene. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, kind of looks left, looks right, pulls a syringe out, and, like... Now that I know that stuff is red, maybe it wasn't... No, no, it was blood. It was blood. She was identifying all this normal stuff, and yeah. then she was like, "I can't identify new molecules, polydicarbic uh, euthanol, or something like that." And that your favorite, yeah, Doctor nineteen eighties computer. She's awesome. No, she no, did no. a great job with that, man. She knew exactly what keys to press in order to make all the three D objects on the screen do circle circular motions in your blood. That's right. That's right. That was awesome. That was way cool, it was man. Beyond the mind's eye. It was Mr. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like it's really now you have to put it in the show notes. I just, I just, I just, <laughs> what I really like about it is, is that like, is like she's able to like explain what each of those shapes are yeah. just by staring at them. There's nothing on the screen. There's not a single word on the yeah. screen, and she's no like, no chemical formulas. None. No. None. And she just starts reading off jargon, like... <laughs> yep. In the future, <laughs> you just look at shapes and know <laughs> what they mean. I love yeah. that. Oh, I love it. It's so good. Yeah, that was good. So, Montone, like we said, he's he's actually... You don't really get a read from that guy. I mean, I, I kind of... You can't help but like him. Yeah. Because he's he's easygoing, yeah. but he's also serious about the job, but he's also in Shepard's pocket in a in a pretty big way. That part we were talking about when the guy has taken the drug and then he's he's got a hooker in his room and he's ready to cut her up. Yeah. And Sean Connery goes to handle the situation with Montone. 
Sure. And he like opens up a thing so Montone could crawl through the ventilator shaft. Yeah. Just just like Alien. We're going full Alien right there. He's carrying a shotgun. Yep. And when Sean Connery handles the situation by saying, I'm going to open the door. Calms him down. Yeah. 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 And when he does, he's expecting to just open the door and disarm the guy. Because at this point, he's actually calmed down this this guy who's saying, I'm going to stab her. I'm going to stab her if you do anything. And Montone drops out of the ceiling and shotguns the guy right away. Kaboom. And we know it's because he's basically helping Shepard cover up what was actually going on. Now. Right. Yeah, now we know that. Well, from the perspective of doesn't of a person who didn't know it was based on High Noon and that nobody was going to help him out, yeah. I definitely felt like he was going to help him out initially right. because of the way he was working yeah. together with him and because of how friendly and nice he was. It seemed like he would have been the guy he could turn to for help if there was anybody. And then he goes ahead and... He finally decides to. Does the same thing that everybody else did. Well, he does at that. At, at first he does, but eventually he... Like, he helps catch one of the, like, they determine these two people are the drug dealers. You know, Sean, there's scenes where Sean Connery is just sitting at a series of video monitors, just like <laughs> scooting around. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. I like that. I thought that was when he was waiting for the hit men. That happens also, but before oh. that, he, like, watches, he's he's on to Shepard. He knows Shepard's up to something, yeah. you know, crappy. He's crooked, yeah. So right he, on. like, follows him in the club, yeah, and he sees the two guys meet oh, with yeah. him and Montone. Montone yeah, that was, the, that was the big real, realization for him was, like, oh, my friend is mm-hmm. actually in with these people. And he confronts them when they're playing uh, racquetball. racquetball. And he's like, what are you gonna do to me? He's like, I don't know yet. And Sean Connery decides not to take him out because he is basically his only ally. Yeah. Right then. Yeah. At that point, he yeah. was actually the only person on the station he felt like he could trust. And then once the secret was out that he was in in the pocket, you know, there was no, there was, I don't think there was, it, there was no animosity from that cop towards no. Sean Connery's character. In fact, I could more often than I felt like he, you know, genuinely liked him. So yeah. I don't think it was someone that he, it was someone he could trust. Yeah. Absolutely. And you could tell that Montone felt almost ashamed. Oh, like, yeah. Of, like, being in this position and getting found out that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a shame. Yeah, the black actor you were talking about that becomes his deputy after Montone gets axed, of course, because he decides to help Sean Connery catch at least one of these drug dealers. And, you know, he's going to get him to talk. And so they kill him off. And then uh, Ballard is the name of the character. Clark Peters is the name of the actor. And Clark Peters was recently in uh, Jessica Jones as the uh, police officer. Oh, cool. I don't know, he was a detective cool. or something like that. I can't remember. Right on. Was he yeah. the one that was the journalist? No. He was one of the cops? Yeah. The journalist was in Daredevil. Oh, I'm confusing Daredevil with Jessica Jones. Yes. He was in The Wire. He had an awesome character in The Wire. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Woo! That was about drugs, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Space <laughs> drugs. <laughs> uh, talking about Montone dying, it reminds me of one of the... There was a couple of times in this movie where they tried to do the jump scare thing. Okay. It was like Montone, you know, he like we were talking about how cool it was they had that uh, prisoner... 
in a jail cell yeah. just floating in a suit. Well, Sean Connery goes to check on him and there's just blood all over the cell. Like somebody <laughs> somebody went in there and cut his line or something. Someone like that. blew up his head. He yep. exploded. Someone blew up his head too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so we Cause Sean of Death head explosion. That's a very <laughs> common cause of death in yes. this movie. <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So he got O'Neill goes to find Montone, goes into the locker room. Opens up his locker and Monto falls out. You know, they played the loud music. Oh, yeah. And he's been garroted. He's got a line around his neck. He's been choked to death by somebody. I would have rather just, you know, had my head exploded, I think. So what else has that actor been in? Uh, The guy who plays the uh, deputy who is bad but not that bad. I don't. The one that helps him? Right. Monto, right? Yeah. I just like saying Montone. Montone. Okay. I'm afraid that I'm, I would be saying it wrong, so I don't want to keep saying it. Montone. <laughs> That's probably his name. Yeah, Sergeant M-O-N-T-O-N-E. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, that guy. Who's that guy? Um, I don't know, but I recognize <laughs> him. I thought I recognized him, and now I... Hill Street Blues? General Hospital? Go to the picture. Looks familiar to me. Mm. No idea, guys. He was in Maid of Honor. Curb your enthusiasm. Well, right on. I liked him in this movie, though. I thought he did a pretty good job of being the... The likable bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the the person you felt sorry for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was the fact that, like, he was, he was willing to try to right his wrongs. Doogie Hauser's dad? Is that who that is? Yeah, I think so. Dr. David Hauser? I don't know. I, I watched Doogie Hauser, though, so maybe that's where I recognize him from. must be. Maybe he's in a ton of them, and his last name is Hauser. Yeah, I just like the fact that he was he was willing to right his wrongs. I think that was a, a trait that was uh, commendable. Aaron, stop trying to talk about the movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure, Joel. Whatever. At least, he, at least he tried to help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so when he dies, it's like, well, he's got nobody else, really. I mean, he assumes that that uh, because he does have a, like, controlling hand with all the other people that are under him. Like, he is the sheriff or the mar- – he's the marshal, right? Yeah. And then he all those people sergeant. under him do seem to follow his orders to a point. And so when he goes back and he, he appoints uh, Ballard – you know, like you're the you're my deputy now. It's like, oh, okay. You know, he just kind of accepts that it's going to be that way. But I think he also knows that he's royally screwed. That's that's when he goes and confronts uh, Shepard again, and Shepard's like, uh, "You're dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Uh, we're gonna have to kill you. It's nice to know you. And then he almost gets strangled himself by some blonde guy. But he has a special... Do you remember this? No. Yes, I remember this. Uh, so he goes into the meat locker. Oh, yeah. He goes into the meat locker because uh, there's been some shipments. Because he, he finds out that the drugs are coming in through the food shipments. Yeah, somebody right? like left a note that yeah. said, like, Montone, meat, something else. But it was meat spelled M-E-A-T. Yep. So he's like, oh, I think I've put two and two together. Yeah. So, so he, I, he, I learned my maths just like I told my son. So then, then he, you know, he reaches into the the, the corpse of the beefs and he's rifling through the beef, the brief, 
brief. He's beef. rifling through the brief beef. Brief beef. Well, he doesn't know because there's a huge locker full of meat, so he doesn't know which one. But um, after oh, that, that guy sneaks right, up behind right, him. Right. And, you know, strangles him. He's like. It's like a walk-in cooler they're in mm-hmm. with, like, halves and stuff, like, hanging from hooks. Yeah. Rocky was back there punching some beef earlier. Dun, 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 dun. Space Rocky. Space Rocky. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> and he pulls out the Kool-Aid packets. That's oh, that's right. after he, he recovers because he's wearing a special neck guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hey, he learned his lesson. He saw his buddy get his throat garroted. So he's like, all right, well... <laughs> So they were the special neck guard. <laughs> Obviously, they killed one person that way. They were going to try to do it to me. He didn't have, like, a turtleneck on. Like, why wasn't it obvious he had something oh, on Oh, yeah, he was just neck. buttoned up, yeah. Yeah, he was just buttoned up. Later, he has a turtleneck on. It could have... <laughs> 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 neck guard. Then. It's so like a special neck guard versus extra drug dealers in space. An extra thick priest collar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, he slams that guy's head against the wall. But be- before he does that, the guy, like... Is like, huh, now that I've taken care of this marshal, I think I'll check out the meat that obviously has the drugs in it. Yeah. So that's how he finds out which one has it. Okay. There's just a ton of stuff. Oh, wait, that's when the shepherd tells him he's dead. Yeah, because, because he goes he and says, it. I flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's not true. And then that's when he's playing golf on a projected screen mm. where he just flicks the golf club at it and then it does like a perfect, you know. Mm. What was that computerized golf game that people played? Or my stepdad played? Uh, wait, on the computer or what? It was a computerized golf game. Well, that doesn't... I mean, it was on the PC. Was, yes, yeah, okay. and it was like in the 90s. I have no idea. Oh, okay. It well, that's what it reminded It wasn't Tiger Woods. Uh, oh, far before Tiger was it, Woods. Was it Lynx? Yeah, it's probably Lynx. I don't know. You could play on Pebble Beach. Was it Pebble Beach? I there was a know. game called Pebble Beach. I don't know. There's that one in the bar where you got to spin the ball. No. This one you could just pick different places, different courses you wanted to play. I don't know, but it sounds really boring. I know I play video games. I, I wasn't a golf video game player. <laughs> My stepdad played golf, and he played video games, so it oh, was cool. like the perfect thing yeah. at that time. He played golf, and he played Doom, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Have you guys heard about uh, Tangent? Have you guys heard about the, the Seinfeld Mod for mm-hmm. Doom. Yes. Okay. Cool. Oh my just that. making Gosh. sure. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just making sure. I saw it this week, and I was like, "Oh man, maybe laugh." They talked yeah. about it on at midnight, and uh, Chris made a joke about. I don't know if it was a joke or not. He said Newman was like one of the last bosses or something. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Take him down. Sorry, guys. It's just that was exciting news. I'm still thinking about Space Rocky, so I'm not oh, Space gonna... Rocky. <laughs> that would be a good idea. And then Space Rambo. Oh man, Space Rambo is pretty good. And then Space Rocky versus Space Rambo. That's cool. Stallone. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then uh oh oh, oh, oh I forgot. Uh, Sean Connery's best line is when he says, "I'm going to bust you." That's right. Bush. Totally telling his intent. Yes. Oh, he says that too. There's some other cool scenes too. I like the I like the part where um, Sean Connery is like messing with the fiber optic cables because he's like, I want to know, I want to know what they're saying. So he messes the fiber optic cables and he 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 like he pulls like a 
I don't want to say George W. Bush, but you know he hacks into the phones. <laughs> oh yeah, and he records conversations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fiber optics. He's we a, need more it, fibers. Fibers. Yeah, he hacks the system because right. he's a hacker. Yeah. Too. Doesn't he crack the code on that computer too to be able to do stuff? Yes, he does. He's got skills. Yeah. I don't know skills. how he does that. I don't remember. He did hack a computer at one point. Or at least tell it to do something that he wasn't supposed to have, like, protocol to do or something. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there was something like that for sure. I agree with you. I can't remember. You're the one who brought it up. That's how I remember it happened. Hmm? I brought up hacking? You said yeah. he's a hacker. Oh, yes. Well, obviously he's a hacker. It has nothing to do with this movie. I mean, Sean Connery. It was a really interesting shot, though, because um, basically, like, you know, he hacks into the guy, or, you know, after he, after he you know, steals his video phone time or whatever. But the, the angle of it is that you just see um, the guy from... Uh, Everybody loves Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just see his face. You don't see who he's talking right, to. Right, Shepard. You know? yeah. yeah, so that was pretty cool. He's arranging for a couple of hitmen. Come take him out. Yeah. They're going to be over on the next ship, so we, right. we start the timer. That's right. <laughs> the timer. You seem like you were like, like why why do we keep going back to this timer when it was happening? Oh, yeah. Like, what? I, kept, I felt like they were trying to build the tension of, like, who's he going to have on his side once these killers come for him or whatever, these hitmen. They put out a hit on him, and so he's, like, trying to find an ally that'll help him. And they kept, like, emphasizing, like, this many minutes, this many minutes, or whatever. And then it's, like, arrived early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arrived. He's doing his preparations. He puts a secret shotgun somewhere. I don't. Does he ever actually go and retrieve that? He shotgun? tried to. He did try to at one point. Oh, okay. And it wasn't there. Oh. So oh. after it, it happened. So did that. Be- what I wanted to discuss real quick, though, before we get into that yeah, the so shotgun thing. Uh, what I wanted to discuss, though, is like after he gets all his, his Home Alone preparations done, you know, he's getting everything going for, for, <laughs> for them to show up. It's tense. Like in your mind, in my mind, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, like they're really building this up. Like. Who are these dudes going to be? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, are they going to have like special sticks? Like, is one guy going to have like a rocket like sticking out of the side of his head? Is one of them going to be called like you know Johnny Switchblade because his whole arm is just like a switchblade? Yeah. Like, I, I was expecting something that was just gonna, would be so profoundly like. Stop like, making a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just expecting like like <laughs> c- completely out there dudes like. <laughs> I hate to make this comparison. But it was kind of like Die Hard in that way, yeah. too. Like, yeah. You hate to make the comparison because Die Hard is a superior movie. Because I love Die Hard. Right, right. I guess that, that brings it up a little bit for me, that there's anything that can be compared yeah. to Die Hard in yeah. this movie. Uh, it is very, yeah. Especially when he actually is confronting them and uh, having to fight off. It is pretty Die Hardy. Yeah. But it's like it's like you see all these guys come off the the ship, right? Like so suspenseful, right? Yeah. And then like it's just 
a couple of dudes in baseball in trucker caps. Oh, they got and, mustaches too. Don't oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's right. They had mustaches. <laughs> that's right. He's watching them through the camera. Get yeah. off the thing. It was yeah. Like a whole bunch of miners are going on. And one guy just kind of stands back, like, Yeah, uh, I think I got time. I, I don't know. Just uh, checking it out mm-hmm. here. No, I, he's got a huge gun. He has to assemble. I expected a little more space gangster looking guys. And I, I, I understand they're going in. These guys are supposed to look like they're you know camouflaged in with everything. A space mob. But the thing, but the pro- my problem was they made it was so like like. The moment was, like, so intense. Like, you're, there's a counter going down, and then it's kind of a little under, underwhelming as far their as what, what you get. Their appearance is underwhelming, but yeah. I don't think their performance... Oh, no, not at all. They were they were excellent. Yeah. They did a great job of being bad guys. He, he, is, he is in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're on top of their game. Like, if it wasn't for Dr. Uh, what's her stupid Lazarus. Dr. Lazarus showing up. She decides to help him at the last second, and yeah, they've building. They've been building a rapport since they first met. Even though she is a, she's a hard ass. She's, she's like, a woman. I liked her. She doesn't take guff from anyone, <laughs> and she's just like, "What do you expect from me? What am I supposed to?" Oh do? yeah, she's a hard ass. Yeah, she's definitely a straight laced, but she's got to deal with a lot of crap. So she needs to mm. have a tough exterior. Yeah, she. It seems like she has the hots for him. Well, there was definitely a moment where she was like, where he was explaining, you know, he he, he was getting a little, I wouldn't say, I'm not, maybe intimate isn't the right word, but because it totally wasn't. But he, he you know, she, he let his defenses down and he was explaining to her, like, you know, how it was to be Sean Connery in this movie with yeah. his family gone, but wanting to do the right thing. I yeah. must do the right thing. Yeah. And 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 then she was like, I remember her just saying something like, your wife's a lucky lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe that was sarcasm. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think she was like yeah. contemplating like hanging out with him after this. Yeah. And he was Shacking like, I'm going to go meet my wife. Mm. I don't remember any of that. I think you guys are just, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. All the wrong Alderaan places. Boom! Explosions. It's as if something happened. Yeah. He keeps saying that he wants to be a good person. Like, that he kind of makes himself sound like, and so do the rest of the characters, make him sound like he was kind of a piece of crap before this. And now he's like, this is my chance to take a stand. And I want to be the person. I'm hoping I can be a good enough man to be able to do the right thing in this situation. Even if it means standing on my own. I thought he kept, he was saying that he kept getting, like, the whole reason he was put on this station is because he kept running into authority figures who were like, no, you have to, the rules aren't black and white. Sometimes they have to be bent. And he was like, no. Only gonna do the right thing. I agree with both of you. Yeah, I feel that there was definitely, you know, his his um, maybe he killed somebody when he was a kid. His like space kid. What's what's space kid? (laughs) When he was in space kindergarten. Yeah, he rode over someone with the space tricycle. Yeah, and their head exploded. (laughs) Yeah, accidentally punctured their suit, and their space head space exploded. No, he just has a certain moral moral code that he wants to keep to, and nobody else around him, you know, is meeting that standard. And I could see how that could be very abrasive, which is probably why 
his poor family was being trucked around the universe or whatever, you know? <laughs> his like, wife yeah. is just like over it. And she's Another like, station. Yeah. <laughs> Better start smoking. Stop being a goody two shoes. We're in the worst freaking spot in the galaxy now. Take a couple bribes. I don't care, man. <laughs> it reminds me of. In L.A. Confidential. Have you seen that, Aaron? No, but go ahead. Don't worry. Uh, I think the character's name is Exley. He's played by Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Sure. He is, he's green. Like, he hasn't ever had any real police experience when he's hired on sure. the LAPD. But he's also like a by the book, everything has to be done a certain way. And mm-hmm. so he rubs everybody the wrong way. Except for Sean Connery is not green. He's, no, he's this is not somebody. his first rodeo at all. Right. It's, it's, he's... Seems like he's beaten down, but he's still so, uh, what is the word? Like, he's, he's so stubborn about his, what he, his his job is. And you know, I I feel that he didn't have to hold back only because his family wasn't present. Right. I feel that that was probably the only thing that maybe he might've looked the other way. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. He might've looked the other way, but his, his, you know, it was like the perfect cauldron for him to just like to like go full nut bar, like you said earlier. Because yeah. like, because like, family's gone; they're pretty much safe. Which, by the way, I thought was something they were going to bring back up later yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I totally thought they were going to be like the kidnapped. They made it sound folks like, later on, you know. Yeah, they made it sound like okay, it takes this much time yeah. to get from here to here, and they're they're gone, and they're waiting for him. I guess it was kind of like Total Recall. It would have been more like Die Hard had had his wife been kidnapped. It would have been totally more like Die Hard. (laughs) There would have been a scene where he would have fallen through a space window. His wife was no Bonnie Bedelia. That's all I got to say about that. Very well. Yeah, so, but that showdown, when, when he does finally get confronted by those two guys, I think that is so good. It is like... Earlier, he has a chase scene where he's chasing after the drug dealer, and sure. that ends up with a fight in the kitchen, which is which is great. Excellent. But this is a different kind of tension. It, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of in No Country for Old Men. Okay. When Llewellyn is being stalked by uh, Anton Sugar, and he's like staying at that hotel. And he has oh, okay. to, like, Got it. you know, he's taking his shoes off to be quiet and, like, they're just, like, shooting people in the streets and stuff like that. It's got this pursuit thing, like, I don't know what's around the corner, you know. Yeah. I'm just listening. It is it is really good that way, except it's space. And their their heads get stretched out like silly putty and explode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one guy, he doesn't, does he actually get it? Oh, you mean, like, uh, in general? Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh. Back it up a little bit. When the timer was going off, before the dude showed up, Mm -hmm. when he's in his office and he asks uh, his new sergeant to come in. Yes, Ballard. Ballard. And he's like, are any of you with me? Yes. And he's like, nope. I got family. (laughs) That was the moment where where you you could see the look on Sean Connery's face where he's like, all right. It's just me. I like, feel like he almost <laughs> expected that too. Yeah, from everybody. Yeah, that other person. Like he's like, so none of you are going to help. He's like, oh, when he you're supposed the- to be protecting us. Like, yeah, when he just walked into that room with all those people just sitting at the tables, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, yeah, that was he was intense. like, I'm going to go have a beer. Yep. Get. <laughs> this is the most un-American movie I've ever seen. 
And Ballard comes back, though. Ballard, yeah. after he's taken out both of the guys, right? He took both of them. He took out that guy in a really creative way with Dr. I keep forgetting Lazarus? his stupid name. Lazarus, thank you. <laughs> By getting her to trick him to come down one certain hallway, which happens to be a, like, where there's a space station where it's it's like a... Explosive decompression kind of thing. Is. Yeah, it's it's like, it's not metal material. It's like almost right. a, some sort of uh, thick plastic yeah. that all it takes is Sean Connery <laughs> walking around in space to take it out. I'm really glad that we did get Sean Connery in the space suit jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I that more solidified the space, the spaciness of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, That's the, one the chase sixth scene. Earth's gravity. That That's was right. another important statistic. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because nobody just flew off or anything like that. That's right. And uh, there was a sniper who was shooting the greenhouse like a dumbo. Yep. Like, he is so, so dumb. Shooting guns in space isn't a good idea. Yeah. It's not a good idea anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but especially not yeah. in a pressurized no environment. Way. <laughs> no way. That reminds me. Uh, one of them, like, tags him in the arm. And, oh, yeah. And that's when he, like, runs into Dr. Lazarus. And then they, like, take a break for him to get his arm repaired, like, fixed up. I thought that was kind of a weird pacing thing. Well, because it's like I don't want to say <laughs> that the medical lab was neutral ground, right? No, but maybe it was neutral ground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it was maybe this, maybe, maybe Sean Connery stuck this. his head out and went like freeze yeah. or timeout. Timeout, gentlemen. Timeout. I got to get this fixed. Maybe the pacing is supposed to mimic High Noon. Oh, like maybe they maybe they were trying to. Make it more like of a meditative like yeah. moment where he's making these deliberate choices and there's like serious conversations. Well, yeah, there people. is a lot of that that goes on in that movie, but I don't, I don't think. Does he a get point. hit by a bullet? I don't remember. Or hurt? I don't remember. I think he does because I think he has his arm in a sling. Yeah, he survives in that movie. By the way, anyway. <laughs> And Sean Connery survives in this one, despite Ballard suddenly appearing out of nowhere in a spacesuit, ready to fling him off the side of the space station. Yeah, at the last second, <laughs> he could, he could, you know, at the last second try to help him. But no, he's like the last line of defense. They decide to call him in to try and the wrestle sergeant. him oh. in spacesuits outside. And does he explode too? No, I think he just gets flung. <laughs> oh no 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 that's right he like he slips and he's falling and yeah. Sean Connery's like holding onto him and he drops and he falls a million feet and lands yep. in some like electrical grid no it, because oh oh the building was electrified right. they were fighting oh on, yeah that's right he keeps right? slamming against the slamming wall slamming into it and, <laughs> and so then while he's falling you can see all the electricity so be it Jedi yep there you go. That was kind of cool. There you go. And then I think there was a red mist. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a little bit of a red mist because his co his his uh, his spacesuit had been de yeah depressurized. Very so. cool. Yep. Another explodey. But that's when he decides. That's that's when Sean Connery goes finally confronts Shepard after. I don't know why he didn't take care of him before this happened. <laughs> he, he confronts he him in the really bar. He didn't really solidify why. Why that? Why that was? I mean, he had a recording. <laughs> he had a recording. He had a recording. That's enough. Hit. That's mm -hmm. enough. 
But yeah, he's like, ah, screw it. And then punches him in the face, which I think is like, I guess that's against his character. But it didn't, I don't think that comes off as such a big impact when he does end up punching Shepard in the face in front of everybody because of Sean Connery. Mm. Like, it's not, it's an unusual thing to see Sean Connery being like, ah, screw it, and hitting somebody in the face. Yeah. So, I don't know. No, it, it just, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> because of that and the way it kind of ends, uh, like, I, I do feel like the very end of the movie is kind of weak. I liked that. You mean the part where he's reunited Excuse with his family? Me. Yeah. Well, where he says he's going to reunite yeah. with them, yeah. You thought that was weak? Yeah. I liked that. Because we don't we don't know if anything else gets wrapped up. I mean, does thing just go back to normal on the station? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's not his problem I'm anymore. Sorry. Did, you, did, you think, did you think that The Sopranos had a weak ending? In the sense that I never watched a single episode? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Never mind. I guess yes, it did. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't have wanted to see a movie where he was like the new chief there and everybody yeah. just lived in a civilized way and he was without his family. I don't have an issue with ambiguous endings. It just didn't strike me as the kind of movie that would have... I mean, it didn't have an ambiguous ending. He's going to be reunited with his family. But, you know, there were so many, like, emphasis on the details, especially in the beginning. It just felt like at the end they were like, ah, he's going home. Okay. So you feel you feel that it, they didn't wrap it up as well as as it as it could have. It just lost a lot of steam just okay. at the, the after like it built up all that tension and all that stuff. And at the yeah. End, like, That's I felt like maybe he had a chance to reevaluate things while he was in the storm. That he was like in the middle of it, going, "I wish I had just left with my wife and kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe I, I shouldn't have done this." Yeah, maybe like, he's yeah changed his whole character. Like, I am point. ready to go back home now. <laughs> Honey, I almost died. <laughs> ready yeah. to join you on Earth. Let's go to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Hopefully, there's not too much corruption there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the future. Who knows? <laughs> a whole you, world full of shepherds just waiting for him. I always expect when a movie takes place almost completely in space that, like, they're going to say the Earth was is partially destroyed or something like yeah. that. So I was surprised when he was saying it was beautiful. No, it's they, it, not often that you see a future movie where well, Earth is okay. <laughs> I mean, what, one one could one could assume that uh, that maybe the Earth did suck, but then what happened was is that later on they brought cleanup crews in and technology advanced to the point where they could they could maybe fix things that so like Wally could have been fixed. Yeah, okay, yeah. not like After Earth, Wally. Yeah, I feel like in this reality, what my guess was was that we went to these other places to exploit the resources or whatever, just drain the planet of anything that was valuable, right. go to all these places so that they could make money off of it. Yeah. And it wasn't like we needed to get off of Earth because we didn't have any resources there, but more like we just wanted more money. It was like capitalism. The like natural they, progression of human uh, like capitalism existence that we have is like you expand, you exploit, you move on. So, yeah. So, so you yeah, move that into does, space. That's that does what make, I thought. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It makes sense. I think that's the way it is in the Mass Effect video games. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Brought to you by EA. Our sponsors today were EA and, uh, what did you say it was, American Apparel? Amer- Urban, Urban Outfitters. Outfitters. Urban Outfitters. Sorry. No American Apparel here. <laughs> Literally. They don't have one here. It closed down. Anything else you guys want to say about it? Awesome. My wrap-up is awesome action movie. I loved the chase scene with the, the fight in the kitchen mm-hmm. and, the, and the hot boiling oil. That uh, chase scene kept going. That was just... I loved it. Absolutely loved it. That, that was, was a, the highlight. That was a lot of running. <laughs> highlight for me was that. Highlight me from... Um, second highlight was definitely... And my MVP for this movie, most valuable uh, character, has to go to uh, Dr. Lazarus, mm. who uh, was a tough woman. Gonna take no nonsense. She's just here to fix syphilis and... Space syphilis. <laughs> Space <laughs> She came through in the end. Only yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to set people's expectations too high. But, it's amazing. But I would say that I think it's good for an 80s action movie. And it's different, definitely, than other sci-fi movies that I've seen. So I, I would say it's pretty good. But in terms of sci-fi, there are definitely better movies out there. Certainly. Yeah, it's an action movie, but it does have a lot of slow parts uh compared to like something say like to- like we were talking about total recall it it's somewhere it, it does it's it, it establishes the environment extremely well and i think that's part of the reason why i appreciate it i appreciate that and the way the characters are laid out the ones that you're supposed to know and where they stand. And Sean Connery just does real good. He does real good. So I think it is worth a, a definite watch. So next week, we turned on the old randomizer. And uh, we ran into an issue. We ran into a problem. I, I hit the button. It gave me the random year. It gave me fantasy as the uh, subject. And it gave me a short film. So we are going to watch the short film. The short film is called Unshen Andalou. It's a pretty famous art movie. Uh, it was uh, Louis Boonwell directed and uh, Dolly. What's Dolly's first name? Salvador Dolly. Salvador. Man, why didn't I know that? I look dumb. Nah. Anyways, he was he was heavily involved in it. So we're going to watch that and we're going to talk about that. But... It's only 20 minutes long. And although we could talk about it for an hour, I'm sure, if we just wanted to go wherever we were going to go in our heads, I thought that we should just pick out another random movie to go with it. So uh, I purposely chose sci-fi, and then I hit the randomizer. And the first movie I got was actually this really weird-looking Russian movie that, unfortunately, uh, it is on YouTube in full. And uh, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but I'll get the the name and put it in the show notes. But it doesn't have any subtitles. So uh, <laughs> it might have been fun to watch, but I don't know if we would have known what was going on. from just With no, just tra- from, with no English translation, yeah. I understand why you moved on. It, it looked kind of Quincy's questions. Oh, cool. So oh. I was like, hmm. That's your bad. all-time favorite movie, Joel. I know. <laughs> so the the I hit the randomizer button again. Sci-fi, same year. It gave us The Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, man! 
That's so exciting. So we're kind of mixing it up. We got the art movie, Unshen Andalou, and uh, the action sci-fi movie, <laughs> The Running Man. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It might be a slightly longer podcast. We're going to split it uh, our conversations into two at least. But I think it's going to be a good experience for all. Ah, night to remember. Yes. Anyways, I'm going to read this outro stuff, so you guys better think of some lessons while I do that. Lessons? Sure, Joel. Lessons? Did you write it down? No, I didn't, lessons? Write, I didn't lessons? write nothing down. Am I wearing a crown? I fly on the seat of my pants, Joel. You're not wearing pants, though. Oh, that's right. I'm doing jumping jacks that are naked in the corner. Oh, no. Stop. Ah. If you'd like to email us and tell Aaron to put his pants back on, you can send that comment or suggestions of different movies to please don't podcast at gmail.com. We haven't gotten an email in a while, so we're, we're going to be running low on suggestions, although uh, the comic book store is a constant source of suggestions. But, you know, we'd also like to hear from uh, anybody out there in listener land. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any of the podcatchers that podcasts are available on. Uh, like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pdsmios. And you can follow us on Twitter at, at Outer Space Pod. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, speaking of which, we'd really appreciate if you subscribe to us on iTunes, not just download the podcast, because apparently that uh, makes our podcast more visible when people subscribe. That's like part of the whole rating system for iTunes. But also, if you could leave us a star rating or a written review, we'd appreciate that. So, Aaron, I know you love Dr. Lazarus. <laughs> she had many things to tell us, to teach uh, us. What would you say is a lesson that you've taken away from this movie, Outland, from 1981? Oh, oh by the way, this movie was recommended to us. <laughs> That's right. By uh, by thanks uh, Jed Jed, Jed Dotry thanks man yeah and he's the one who did oh, that I... really cool uh, robot monster artwork that says please don't send us an outer or send me there's no us <laughs> please don't send me into outer space <laughs> that drawing is so cool we have it we yeah. have it uh, very visibly in our house yeah so Thank thanks a lot Jed that. I really like this movie and yeah thanks for the recommendation yeah. Cool stuff. Tell Aaron about some more. Yeah. <laughs> Bother him. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything at work. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on in, guys. I'll take any recommendations. Take whatever you throw at me. Over at Seth's Games and Anime. Woo. You should watch Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I still haven't seen that yet. You're not... An American man, apparently. Okay, I'll walk then. No, that's <laughs> all right. You're probably better off. Pascal could be the next. All right, your podcast. My lesson for this movie is that even though we live in the far future, duct tape is more important than ever because you never know <laughs> when a tiny little seal on your suit Serious. might equal you being able to breathe and exist, or your head blowing up like a. Deep dish pizza. <laughs> oh, man. My lesson is that um, fashion is definitely cyclical. We saw some cool 80s vests, you know, the puffed up vests you can wear when you're cold. And 
trucker hats and I think these guys looked like hipsters at some point from the 2000s. Oh yeah, you so, were saying So uh, so I would say that <laughs> you never know when something's going to come back into fashion, so you need to have a really diverse wardrobe. Yeah, the scraggly beards and the the trucker hats, yeah. No kidding. Yep. And they were all wearing sneakers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Even Sean Connery, I think. Yeah. Cool. But no racquetball. Aaron uh, if you're running a space club in the future, um, just include as many naked dancers as you can. <laughs> I, apparently, that's <laughs> that's what that's you the need. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Boyle says it's good for business. <laughs> and give that DJ a raise, because holy crap, yeah, he's those got some good he's beats. Got the good stuff, yeah, no kidding. I'd go drink there. There's some good beats. I'd probably feel really awkward if I was sitting next to the naked dancers, though. Those beats probably right. trying to sit. Nobody was paying attention to those. No, naked they weren't. Dancers. Nobody was paying attention to these people having like simulated air sex. Like, air sex. Space sex. <laughs> yeah. Zero gravity. I mean, they, they weren't even. They were just standing awkwardly. They must have been like dancers or like, something. Most people in this club. That club looked just like so bored. Like they were just like, dear God, I'm going to die up here. I'm here to drink. I'm here to talk to my friends. I don't care about these thrusting buttocks. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So, about those thrusting buttocks. Uh...